Now broadcasting live via Ustream or downloaded directly to your mobile device. Bagdenboard.com presents the Bagdon Boardcast. Oh my goodness, that is crazy. Why are we friends with Paul? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm glad I didn't get slapped. I'm glad your mom wasn't here. Uh, you said your parents don't listen to this. He just looked at me like, I really should I back punch him? <laughs> it doesn't work if you're not wearing Why? a mariachi suit. Uh, Hey everybody, welcome to Bag Broadcast episode number 112. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And it's the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, Paul. Uh, we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three segments. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Then we come to you with the list, the books that we're looking out looking forward to that are coming out the 15th of February. And then we follow up with our second annual Super Bowl, Paul. It's exciting! I have to say Paul after I say Super Bowl. I don't know why. <laughs> you didn't that time. You didn't? Well, it's because I was explaining it. You oh. don't have to say it when you're explaining it. Explaining what? How do you have to say Super Bowl, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> uh, in our main topic, we're going to be... Delving into uh, the four major categories of characters, publishing, licensings, and creators to see who had the better year of 2011. And 2011 was a big year for Otter Creek Brewery because it was their 20th anniversary. Hey! And that's what we call in the business a segue. Goo-goo! Uh, and we're drinking their 20th anniversary ale right now, um, celebrating 20 years, 1991 to 2011, from Otter Creek. Uh, they say it's a tribute to their copper ale, their flagship brew. Um, this has a very cherry kind of flavor to it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, fruity. Uh, it, it, you get a lot, like, it's going to be harsher on the mm. nose. It's a lot softer than you, you think it's going to be. See, I can't smell anything. Mm. But I, I like it. It's, it, it's got, on it's the got nose, a little bit of that, like, just robust kind of syrupiness, but yeah. it's not bad. It reminds me a lot of the Three Philosophers from Omegang. Without the quite as harsh, it's not quite that harsh, but uh, it's reminiscent of that. Uh, I got one down in my cellar that I'm going to be aging for a while because this is a this is a big boy. This is a twelve percent uh, alcohol by volume. You don't get a lot of that alcohol on it. it doesn't it, have that burn. It tastes like it's um, it tastes like it's on its way to being a barley wine, mm-hmm. just with the flavors, a little bit of teriyaki, but it's got a nice. Um, like you said, like a little bit of a smoke to it. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's it's enjoyable right now. So if you have a bottle and you're like, oh, I probably shouldn't open it. You know, it's not a bad brew now. I'm just excited to see what it turns into. And and this is a good beer. To, we it's one single bottle that we split between three glasses. And I think that's how you need to drink it. I think to drink mm-hmm. a whole pint of this might be too much. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah. It was just like a half pint. Yeah, that yeah. We had. It's yeah, it's a good four ounces per person. I like it. I like it too. You know what else I like? What else do you like? News stories. News that was, stories. That wasn't a good segue. That, but it still was the segue. It still got the job done. Mm-hmm. Any landing's a good landing. Well, here's some news that you may like and you may not like. I I don't know if I like or dislike. Uh, Michael Keaton has met with some people uh-huh. in Warner Brothers. Oh, I hate this news. Warner Brothers and Tim Burton are really making it a priority to make Beetlejuice 2. Oh. 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 Yeah. 
Um, Mike. I was thinking, like, what, are they going to do, have him be Kingdom Come Batman? Like, what, what is going to go on? Like, that would be interesting. Yeah, I, I automatically went to Batman yeah. when you said, like, Tim Burton. Yeah. Uh, I didn't um, think Beetlejuice. And it, mm-hmm. it seems like it's going to be done um, animation style. It's going to be animated. Like the Saturday morning cartoon show that was on? I don't know if it's going to be like that or like uh, Coraline or even the the clay figure things that Tim Burton's known for doing. Like uh, James and the Giant Peach style. Mm. Or not not the one that jumps in everybody's mind first, though. Nightmare Before Christmas is kind of more his uh, signature piece. Oh, yeah, I like that motion. movie as, yeah. as much. Yeah. This, that's weird. Because he's doing a Frankenweenie right now. Yeah. He's what? doing that stop motion. That was actually his first movie that he ever did. It was only like 20 minutes long. It's a Frankenstein story where this kid brings his dog back to life. Oh. Um, but they're doing it as a stop motion full length feature. So the dog's name Shelly. No, the dog's name is Frankenweenie. Oh. <laughs> so it's adoption? In that, um, adoption? That, um, Frankenweenie is what caught the eye of Paul Rubens that had him direct Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Hmm. Hmm. And it's also where he met um, Vincent Price, because he got Vincent Price to be in it. I saw it years ago. A big, big Adventure? No, Frankenweenie. Oh. But, wait a second. I'm I'm stuck in a time loop then. If Frank, if Frankenweenie is the thing that got Paul Rubens, Rubens to see, uh, to get him to direct Pee-wee. Pee-wee. And that's where he met... No, no, he... He got Vincent Price to be in Frankenweenie. Frankenweenie was like the building block for everything. Yeah. Uh, Frankenweenie was how he met Vincent Price and Paul Rubens. Okay. And then Spider Rubs out for okay. Just to probably Johnny Depp and mm-hmm. Winona Ryder, Helena Bonham Carter. Christopher Lee. It's all in there. Mm-hmm. All mixed together in a soup. It's, it's, a, it's a gothic goulash, <laughs> if you will. Mm-hmm. A gothlish. Gothlish. I don't know. Um, I, have, I will. I would see this movie. I don't want to say I will see it because I might wait for like a DVD. But really, I I, yeah. I would need to be teased with a good musical number in the middle of it with some weird dancing <laughs> and weird things coming to life and singing along for me to want to see this movie. Because honestly, <sighs> where else do you listen to Harry about Belafonte? Would you out there than in Beetlejuice? Never. Never jumping on. Would you want a story just about Beetlejuice before or after the the events with um, the Deets? The Deets. Would you like him haunt like him haunting or working with another family? Like, uh, there is nothing that makes me want to jump in the line for this movie <laughs> other than the song "Jump in Paul, the Line." Paul hasn't really been listening to me, but working up on that line. <laughs> no, no, because honestly, like he. Is Beetlejuice is a specialist in hauntings, right? And that's what he, but he would have to go on and do another house. Yeah. Like, there's nothing more for him to do other than being married to Winona Ryder, maybe? Like, I always thought the cartoon was weird, that it was him and her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know whose house he has to go to next? It's going to be Johnny Depp and Helena Bottom Carter. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, that's... They're a lot for this movie. <laughs> yeah. Who's going to get to do the music? I mean, oh man, holy Tim Burton! Oh wait, he is still alive. Okay, Danny Elfman is still alive. Yeah, yes. Yeah, that's it, Tim Burton. Yeah. yeah, 
I'm thinking about Whitney Houston. She's the one that said that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a segue. That, that was, was a segue. That was a good one. Because unfortunately, nobody picked Whitney Houston for the death pool. Um, I didn't even think of her. Nope. I know. It's bizarre. Um, Whitney Houston died yesterday. Um, I don't know. if I haven't seen the news today if they've like discovered the cause. Drugs. Yeah. yeah. Drugs. Um, but yeah. Where was her bodyguard? I was going to make a Kevin Costner reference. I was going to say, Kevin Costner is somewhere going, I should have been there. Should have been there. Should have been there for her. What was your joke? I was going to make basically the exact same (laughs) one Paul made. (laughs) Only her bodyguard could have been there. Only. Where else were we going to go? I can't think of one song by her right now. How will I know? How will I know if he really... I can't sing. Is that really her yeah. song? Man. The Bodyguard song. Yeah. But that, that was a Dolly Parton song. Yeah, it was a Dolly Parton song. Oh. But nobody really remembers that as a Dolly Parton song because mm-hmm. Winnie Houston sang the, the kick-ass version of it. Of it. Yeah. Um, and She Will Always Love You. Yeah. That's the song, right? <laughs> oh my God, why am I blanking out? She wants to dance with somebody. That isn't her. Yeah, it is. No, it's yes. Look, Google it. Get your Google machine. Google machine that. Google machine that. Somebody else. Um, while Paul's looking up how I'm right, what else can we talk about? Uh, I think we're getting close to the age of lightsabers and Jedi's. Is it because Star Wars just came out again in the big screen? No, it's because there was a drunk man in a Toys R Us in Oregon (laughs) who took out (coughs) two lightsabers. The kids' ones, and started hitting all the customers. Wait, because they have adult lightsabers? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> but he started hitting all the customers. And then the police came, and he went outside, and he started chasing the police with that. And when they went to shoot him with their taser, he deflected it with his lightsaber. The holy wow. man actually shot lightning from their hands. <laughs> that is pretty close. It is Whitney Houston. You were right. Who am I thinking of? I don't know. Tina Turner? You're probably thinking about Harry Belafonte again. Yes. Oh, I was thinking about Ashley Kinsdale. She sings that song also. What what song? I want to dance with somebody. It came up. It's on the YouTube. I wasn't actually thinking about her. I don't know if that's actually her, because I've never heard her do that song. And I have both of her CDs. <laughs> little uh, personal information. Mm-hmm. Celebrity Top 5. She's number one. Wow. Number yes. one. Number one. Hey, I, I can't say anything. My number one's Christina Ricci. I know. Wednesday Adams. Sure. <laughs> Not because she was Wednesday Adams. It's it's, it's okay. Because she was Wednesday Adams. That's why she would be my top five. <laughs> <laughs> the pigtails. They do it for me. Do it. Had a thing for ever since Casper. Isn't weird. I was the same age. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not weird for me to like Wednesday Adams. Same age. <laughs> That's what it all works out to. Mm-hmm. So lightsabers. 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 Deflecting lightning. He, he, he deflected it. Deflecting the lightning. He was then tackled and, and beaten up and put in jail. Mm. It's a history of um, <laughs> drug and heroin problems. <laughs> See? <laughs> that is law enforcement done right. Well, it's even better when his friend came to push him out of jail. He was like, aren't you a little short to be a stormtrooper? I hope they escaped during garbage day. And I, they have to, you know. 
Atsu, Bedani. That's automatically where you went. Like when you said, like you can go to jail. I, was, I started thinking about that scene. Man, Star Wars is great. <laughs> and you know what else is great? Point-and-click adventure games, right, Paul? They were pretty great back in the day. Yes. Um, name most notably known for those is uh, Tim Schafer over at Double Fine Productions. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim Schafer wants to make a brand new game, and awesome. Instead of getting like a big publisher to get behind him with this, he's kind of doing it a little bit different. Where he started a Kickstarter for himself, mm-hmm. and. Within the first day, they had over $45,000 raised. Mm-hmm. Um, as of yesterday, when I wrote my note, they had over $1.4 million raised. Wow. How much was that of Notch's money? Um, Notch donated 10000 Oh, only 10000 Yeah. Because uh, actually, I did yeah. see that in an article. Which... <laughs> because Notch, uh, the creator of, or one of the co-creators of Minecraft, uh, offered to basically fund Psychonauts 2. Uh because Tim Shaver said it would take literally millions of dollars to do, and not just like, uh, I might have a couple million dollars laying around, and I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I built Minecraft. You Is want some money? Still getting money. If you could still, if you want the, I want Psychonauts too. <laughs> but I mean, this is an insane amount of money yeah. and a completely different way of funding a project without getting someone behind it or kind of just mm-hmm. doing it by yourself. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see more people doing this kind of thing now, because it yeah. does work. I mean, if you are a name and you have something that people want. $1.4 million does sound like a lot of money, but going into a game right now, it doesn't seem like that much money, especially when... It doesn't think- seem like that much, but when you're doing a point-and-click adventure game, you don't need to have like a huge graphics well, engine behind it. That, that is true, but all that money is uh, taxable. As gift money, so it's sixty percent. Um, the way it's working out is um, Kickstarter gets five percent because it's, right. it's not a gift money; it's actual like fundraising mm-hmm. stuff, and they take like uh, like five percent off whatever. But there's still Kickstarter gets off the five, and then taxes come, and you're going to lose about forty percent, maybe mm-hmm. to that, maybe up to sixty, and and you're looking at like. Still it's still a shit ton of money. It's still, still, still a lot of money, but <clears throat> it, if it's just him working on this project, yeah, it'll be great and it'll come out, but if he's building the whole engine from scratch, like, originally LucasArts, they built it all on the Scum engine, and, you know, it, they had it, and that's why they were able to create so many after, you know, the first couple, but if he has to build it all on his own, if it's not a Double Fine project, if he actually has to be... Like create all his own resources. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure it's, it's going to be a double find because mm-hmm. it's like um, when you look at the page, like the actual okay. uh, icon, it says like double find adventure. Okay, so yeah, so then yeah, it should be enough. Who knows? That's that's kind of cool because I don't know how much it is to get the licensing right to actually get your game published on Xbox and PS3. Like I know you have to. Um, you you could have to pay for that, but honestly, it's probably not. Too outlandish mm-hmm. because I mean, just look at that indie game section. I mean, look at everything they've done with like stacking. Um, what were the yeah. other ones? Uh, Soldier, no, costume was, quest, costume quest, uh, trenched, which is now called Iron Brigade because yeah, of know. licensing, uh, name naming rights in England, and uh, they had another one. I don't remember if they had one after Iron Brigade, yeah, aka trenched. But I mean, they have an in. I mean, they know what yeah. they're doing. So they know what they're. 
I would be a little bit more worried if it was just Tim Schafer and he was like, this was his side project. Because yeah. then I'm like, yeah, that 1.4 million will go real quick. Yeah. And talking about raising money online, mm-hmm. uh, Steve Niles, known for 30 Days of Night, has been raising money for um, creator of Ghost Rider, Gary um, Frederick. Frederick? Frederick. Frederick. Yeah. Um, who co-created... Ghost Rider, m- most of the creating for Ghost Rider, we actually created him to be a Daredevil villain, hmm. but it just turned out he was too good, and someone from Marvel said, we should make this into a series, hmm. so he did, and uh, I guess it's been a long time that he said if they ever do anything big with Ghost Rider, like make a movie or anything, mm-hmm. that he's going to sue for rights, mm-hmm. which he did, and he lost. Um, and he lost, and he has to pay Marvel $17,000, and he no longer has... His name attached? His name attached. And if he uses his name, he gets fined even more. So he's no longer to go to a place and say, here's Gary Frederick, creator so, of Ghost Rider. Well, what happened is, um, in 2007, with the first movie, he actually sued Marvel. Mm-hmm. Saying, like, no, you guys are using my character. Right. Because he said they didn't properly copyright it, and mm-hmm. it wasn't done under work for hire. Right. So this was basically, like, I made this character. All the rights have reverted back to me. He's mine now. Mm-hmm. And then it became, like, this big legal battle where they just got the injunction against it, where the judge ruled, like, no, you can't call yourself creator anymore. And Marvel's trying to get, like, $17,000 out of him because... During that time, he was, you know, drawing stuff, signing it, like, as the creator of mm-hmm. Ghost Rider. Oh. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of a dick move. Because if you think about it, when we go to conventions, one of the things we love to do is, you know, get sketches, like, look at the artwork. Um, that's something creators do to raise extra money. They're out yeah. there. They're drawing other companies' characters. And this is kind of always a big thing because that's really not legal for them to do. Because mm-hmm. they're making money by selling these prints or mm-hmm. sketches or commissions of companies' characters. No. Um, so this could be like the first thing that's kind of going towards shutting that down, possibly if you know companies try to uh, follow up on this a little bit more. But he was also he was selling his own images on posters and T-shirts mm-hmm. of his drawings of Ghost Rider too. So they weren't like licensed. T-shirts of Ghost yeah. Rider. Yeah. See, I think okay, I think you can draw the line at like T-shirts and merchandise, like commissions and sketches. Like you gotta let your creators make money. Like yeah. Well, also I it's it's, a, it's also the sense is you can go to an artist, you commission him to paint you a Van Gogh. You know, it's not it's not really against the law to. But Van, have a, that's different. Van Gogh is not owned by a company. He's not like intellectual property. Yeah, no. And if these companies like Marvel and Warner Brothers decide to crack down and be like, no, these are our characters, these these are our IPs, and you can't be profiting off of them in ways that we don't approve of first, then yeah, it could end Artist Alley, but... Because that's, I mean, artists, they're making money mm-hmm. off selling those companies' characters. Yeah. Marvel and DC aren't getting any of that, and that's how they make their money, by licensing by the publishing set. You can make the argument, but Marvel and DC are getting 
those fans to come in and buy their licensed products by having that connection with the artists and those characters that those art because those air, artists are creating those characters daily for on demand for the fans. Mm-hmm. That fan interaction is value, is a valuable thing, and to take that away would actually cause more harm to that their bottom line than just allowing those sales to go. But still, you gotta think. They it's, could be selling those posters mm-hmm. that are officially licensed, right? And Marvel could be getting a copy of that mm-hmm. or cut of that money, but they're not. It's the sandwich. It's a sandwich shop issue where, yeah, they, you could charge a person for an extra pickle, but if that extra pickle gets that person to come back in the store again and again, then you're better off giving away that but one it, pickle. But you know what I mean? Those, it's like all those extra pickles are costing you money, money. though, right? But how much are you losing versus how much you're gaining, you know, on the fan interaction, and especially with how valuable it seems to be, you know, why we have so why social media. But, is such and the a other thing is, is these the aren't looking for the fan interaction though. They they're looking at the bottom line. They want mm-hmm. the money. That's why they're selling stuff. That's why Disney still has the license and the trademark on Mickey Mouse yeah. after all these years. And spent tons of money lobbying Congress to get the copyright to And this this is the exact extended. same thing. Disney's gone after daycare centers for like painting Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck on the side of their building. Mm-hmm. Well you, you can say like no, I mean that way those kids are growing up, you know, looking, looking at the characters. Mm-hmm. No. They're Disney sees it as well this, you know, daycare is using our characters to get people in the door mm-hmm. to make money for themselves. It has nothing to do with us. And that's kind of how it is with Artist Alley, too. If you think about it, if you have some no-name artist there, we've done it before. We've gone up to people like we've never seen before, and we've gotten sketches of characters that Mm -hmm. we like. The only reason we went to them is because, hey, I got this cool Iron Mm -hmm. Man sketch. I paid five bucks for it. But the other thing is, is we go to those conventions also. We buy product that is licensed. We go and hear them speak about upcoming mm-hmm. things to get us into wanting to buy Marvel comic books for the year or DC comic books for the year. So I didn't think it's one hand washes the other. Right. Like you're there maybe to see that artist, but you're there if you're going to buy some other stuff. You're going to hear some stuff that's mm-hmm. going to promote them for the following year to get you psyched yeah. to go in to buy their stuff. And if you're not someone else like us who are always looking at what books are coming up, you might stop in the shop a few more times to see if that book is out yet. It might not be. You might pick up something else by them. And I drop my pen. You drop yeah. your pen. And I, this is almost like the online piracy stuff, though, where you have companies taking stuff off of YouTube because it's like, no, people are watching it online instead of actually getting it from us. It kind of goes just with that. But I think this is a practice that's been done for so long that the companies have... They don't have. I don't think they have too much of a problem with sketches mm-hmm. versus. But, he, but you can say that. But now here they are going after one of the creators of one of their big characters. Yeah. I mean, they've got his second movie coming out. This guy can't afford anything. That's why Steve Niles is trying to raise money for him. They mm-hmm. they don't care. It's a dick move. I mean, they could they could have taken him for more than this seventeen thousand dollars. But this is just what they're putting, like, okay, well, he's probably made this much selling the T-shirts and posters and stuff. For mm-hmm. everything like that he's done, they could they could get him for more. No. I mean, anytime you download a song illegally, that alone, I forget how many thousands of dollars you can get fined for. Yeah. 
but how much damage does it really do to the company? That's the argument. And that's that's the thing, but mm-hmm. yeah, would you negligible. Have bought, would you have bought that song anyways? No. <laughs> no, but there's the saying like, mm-hmm. but each one of those, you broke the law regardless mm-hmm. if you would buy that CD or not. Mm-hmm. And each one of those carries its own fine. This is just, I think, the first drop in my head saying like, no, here it comes. All right. Foreboding attitude from Chris. Hey, and speaking about uh, litigious comic book creators, uh, Tony Moore is so, uh, suing yes. yeah. uh, Robert Kirkman over some of that sweet uh, Walking Dead cash, too, now. Mm-hmm. Um, saying that they had an agreement where uh, Moore signed over his part of the rights because in order for the uh, TV show to get made, mm-hmm. uh, Robert Kirkman had to have complete control and to okay everything. And Tony Moore, co-creator, um, he did the first six issues alongside uh, Robert Kirkman of the Walking Dead series. Um, he they're hasn't gotten any of that. They're also childhood friends. Yeah, they mm-hmm. grew up together. Um, and one of the things is, is Kirkman has come out to say that he has gotten his rights for... Um, he has... Well, I have it written down, too. Um, Tony Moore? Yep. A uh, statement that more he's regularly receives payments for his illustrations and royalties for the show. Like he does say that he gets it. Um, but the, another big thing is Tony Moore said he hasn't seen any of the financial data. Uh, he's, so he he's not allowed to see like how much everything's coming in. Like so he's basically saying like, oh no, here this is your cut. Is is that his actual cut though? Mm-hmm. He doesn't have access to any of that information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And with one. I dropped the pen again. Um, tonight, uh, premiering the second second half of the second season. Um, it's like the number one cable show. Yeah. Um, and in the last year, like the trade of the first one has sold four thousand copies. It's it's almost like uh, movie studios when they offer you know actors like a percentage of the. Uh, profits and the movie will have done huge and mm. supposedly and then the studio says no it still hasn't made profit because they say they take that what that movie's made and then use that money as overhead expenses for the whole studio on the whole and saying no that movie actually hasn't broken a profit yet like Forrest Gump yeah I was just going to say Tom Hanks and Forrest Gump yeah Tom Hanks still hasn't seen any you know, bonus checks because of the whole, he was supposed to be part profiteer, uh, profit share, you know, he was supposed to have a profit share deal on that movie, and they still say that it has not broken even, <laughs> or made profit. That is complete bullshit, dude. I know! <laughs> that movie was huge, that was yeah. so huge. Sometimes companies are complete bullshit. Yeah. Like, well, they're always complete bullshit. Like, Ubisoft right now, they're kind of complete bullshit. Because if you bought... You know, you can buy games on the PC. You know, for the PC. And it used to be the like the dream place to play games. Because, you know, you could update your system if you want it. You didn't need to worry about the console being shelved or going out. You just always had your PC. And you should always be able to figure out and run away. You know, as long as you can update your PC to be able to play these games. Uh, except now with DRM... How your video, your copy of your video game has to call out to a server and get uh, verified for you to even start playing the game. Uh, sometimes issues happen, like when Ubisoft changes servers 
and now all the like Assassin's Creed one and two, uh, when they call to get authenticated to the old servers, they don't come back as they come back unauthenticated. So the people that purchase these games cannot actually play the game. But if you pirated the game and got had the hack, so you didn't need to call out, play it just fine. Well, that's hysterical. And that's fighting piracy the wrong way. Or just not thinking about it. Yeah. Well, it's... I mean, there's going to be a... John says talk about Watch Dogs tonight. I was just questioning her. Oh. Sorry. Wait, should we or should we do another episode? You could do an odd episode about that, maybe. What's Watch? Watchmen. The prequel series coming out. Oh, no, I haven't heard anything about You haven't about heard about it. that? No. No, that might be a not episode. Not okay. episode, because Paul hasn't heard about that. All right. That's why you I was guys questioning. explain it. All to me. But or we could just cut that out and finish talking what you were talking yeah. about. Yeah. It was basically done. I'm saying companies are dick move. <coughs> How far are we? Almost a half hour. Yeah, we should move along. Yeah, let's move along. We do an episode about that. Yeah. Yeah. Companies. Sometimes dicks. Dropping pens. Dropping pens. And uh, let's get right into the list. Listing it up in the old list stuff. Where supposedly we like companies and the <laughs> products they put out. Oh man, I'm so bitter right now about everything. <laughs> Aren't you though? Well, well uh, hey, I've got one word that'll make you happy. What word is that? Batman. Yes, that is that is a great word. So good, it would be my pick for this week. <laughs> That's why I was throwing it over to you, Paul. Oh, no, I was going to get out the beer for... Oh, I didn't know we were section. doing another beer. Yeah, the white IPA. But, no, uh, it's Scott Snyder doing an awesome job writing uh, with Greg Capullo on art. And we talked about it just last week in our December or January look back. It's uh, wrapping up the whole maze of the, uh, of the uh, Court of Shadow, or Court of Owls. Court of Shadows, um, crazy. <laughs> and uh, we're going to finally get a wrap-up of this first major story arc, but don't worry, the Court of Owls are going to be along for basically the entire uh, Snyder run, it looks like. That's going to be Batman versus the Owls. And I thought this was could have been really lame, this whole, well, no, no, there's something that he didn't know about. Because sometimes that kind of retcon is heavy-handed and lame. But this has worked out really well. It really has. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really interested in seeing just like how this goes. Um, how he escapes. Because uh, I don't want this to be over, I guess. It's not going to be over. It's, this part is going to be over. I know, and but... And like, the second attack is going to happen. I, I, I want this to like to continue on, mm-hmm. but like I want more from Scott Snyder. Like, I want to see what else he can do, but at the same time, I never want this to end. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to see him take on other villains other than just the uh, James Gordon's son, James Junior. Like that was great. I'm I'm really loving Batman right now. Yeah. Um, fantastic. Oh, and if I could only read one other book besides Batman, it'd probably be Nightwing. What? Man, I know it's Huntress, Nightwing, and Batman for you. You're a, you. You basically card carrying member of the Wing family. You know, I've I've always been a big Batman fan. Um. Just over the past couple years, I've become a bigger Green Lantern fan slightly, but, um, man. Is it I, tilting back? Is it tilting back towards the Bat? It's, it's kind of going back more towards uh, the Bat family stuff, just after the uh, the new 52 here. Mm-hmm. But um, Kyle Higgins and Eddie Barrows are just knocking it out of the park on Nightwing. It's 
good to have a fun, mm-hmm. kind of like, I don't want to say insular nightly book again, yeah. but it's about Dick Grayson again, you mm-hmm. know, and I love that. But he does talk to Alfred still. Barbara Gordon has shown up in the past couple of issues. What did he think of the last issue being just a one-off versus a demon? I still haven't seen it. I oh. haven't, with my car, I haven't driven up to John's okay. to grab it yet. I'll let you borrow it. I, I would like to read I it. I was kind of interested to hear what you thought about it. No, I... It wasn't enough to actually discuss... It wasn't like a, like a standout issue where I wanted to talk about it during yeah. a look back, but... Still interested to hear what you had to say about it. I, I'll be interested to share it with you as soon as I can get my books. Good call. John, what are you picking up? Uh, I'm picking up... I'm, I'm going to give it another chance, and that's DC Universe Presents. Um, All-new story with The Challengers, um, written by Dan DiDio with um, Jerry Ordway. Number six, mm-hmm. I'm just going gonna, gonna to give it another try, and you never know, this one might be a lot better than The mm-hmm. Dead Man. Um, I was not feeling The Dead Man. Yeah. I think we've, we've talked about mm-hmm. this book before of what we expected out of it and mm-hmm. wanted and thought would be great. Um, but I'm going to give it another shot. Do you think they're going wrong? Because I almost wanted this to be their numbering system to be back at a number one each time. Like DC Comics Presents The Challengers, number one. DC Comics Presents Dead Man, number one through you know five. So for it to be number six, six, it seems a little weird, especially when you have publishers also on the shelves like Marvel and even what... Um, Dark Horse does with their like one shots, BPRD, blah blah blah, number, number one. one. Like, I was kind of expecting this to go the same route. To see it being a number six is a little weird. And also to see Jerry Ordway on art again, it's. I'm done with it. Like, I just don't like it. Yeah. It's too stiff. It's too of its time. It's too 80s looking. And even George Perez, we didn't talk about it in the, the uh, Weekend Geek, but the Earth 2. Stuff has been starting to be solicited for May, um, and they had the designs of Power Girl and Huntress. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, I don't don't like it. Well, the Huntress is it's the Huntress, I and mean, yeah. it's the same costume she has. But yeah, the Power Girl one with like that weird elongated P. Yeah, with uh, for the on um, the cape thing. Yeah, it's, I don't like it. And the haircut too, it's yeah, way too it's like, the, dated. Yeah, it's a dated haircut. Yeah, I thought even Huntress's haircut was a little too dated. So yeah, I'm not looking forward to that even though I do love Earth 2. But then, Earth 2, uh, it's it's going to be starring Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. Is it? Yeah, just See, the different, just different versions of them. So it's not even mm. the, they're the Justice Society. And I'm like, <coughs> no, but no, I want yeah. my Justice Society. You want your Golden Age guys. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I was like, oh, come on. I, you know, May does not look to be a good month for me. Where... Man, Mr. Terrific kicked me in the balls. I wanted like that book, and it just was no good. And, I just when you said that, I actually imagined uh, you just walking down the street, and it's like you see Mr. Terrific, you're like, "Hey, Mr. Terrific!" And he just like clocks you in the nuts with his terrific boot. Yeah. Uh, he's I like, was, "Fair play, bitch!" It's like T-ball this. Well, <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes uh, char- the publishers take characters in ways that you don't expect, and sometimes they're better, and sometimes they're worse. But you can only really judge them on their own merits. No, wait, we don't do that. We don't do that at all. We have to measure them head to head in competition in the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, Paul did like two fists clashing together, and that was doing like dramatic background music. I know. I was just sitting here. <laughs>
I wanted like you turned your head backwards like Sam Jackson. <laughs> Very much so. I wanted like the ESPN. Drink my beer. It's good. I was gonna do that. Segue into our beer. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about drinking my beer is good. Saranac, who is definitely uh, low on my list of like quality breweries, uh, microbrews. They're uh, they're a great little microbrew though. They are a small microbrew that that puts out a massive amount of different style beers, and a lot of them nail it. A lot of them do really good. Black Forest, they're black and tan. Uh, their big moose ale. I don't like their big moose ale. I really most like of, their big moose ale. Most of their good. stuff is misses for me. Most of their stuff is misses. Like what? I'd rather have a different beer. I, I think it's a lot like Marvel is they put so much out yeah. there that there is enough stuff that is really good. Their caramel porter's good. I yeah. like that stuff. And it's sweet. Caramel porter's delicious. It's sweet good. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've in the last couple of years I've gotten to the point where when they put out their Variety packs. Mm-hmm. I usually pick one up just to try out their different beer. Hmm. And I'll tell you this: I've bought this beer, their white IPA, three separate times now. I've bought in one six pack and one twelve pack. So you're loving it. I do like it. It's the Saranax limited release white IPA. I guess this is a spring beer. It's a spring beer. It's a spring. It just started snowing here in Buffalo. <laughs> So Everything, therefore, it seems really weird that spring beers are coming out already. Everything has gotten moved forward so much. I mean, it was mm-hmm. the end of August, and all the fall beers were yeah. already out. Mm-hmm. It's, Winter beers were before November, like we're right at the end of October. It's crazy. It is pretty nuts. But uh, if this means that I'll have this around for all of spring and into the summer, then yes, I will sign up for you moving back here <laughs> in the your uh, rendition of spring, which starts March 20th, the viral equinox. But anyways, it's February. It's not spring yet. Um, if you go to Subway, it's February, where you can get any phone <laughs> sub for $5. Too bad. I'm eating fresh. <laughs> oh, man, I wish they were a sponsor. I know. If they were a sponsor, that would have been perfect. I'm just, I work in the mall, mm-hmm. so there's a Subway in the food court, and whenever they have a month like this, like... Anytober, uh-huh. which was October or February. I don't know. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. That just made me happy. Talking about months. Sorry. Sorry. Right. I've, I've had a drink. Um, I want this beer to be. I, if if Saranac, you want made, this beer to get you pregnant? I do. And then I would name them Baby Jesus because it's it would be holy. This, this is a weird, weird cloudy beer though. Well, you know what? Like, it's a it's an IPA yeah. wheat beer. That's what makes it the white. It's a wheat beer, so you're gonna have that cloudy color, mm-hmm. and you have that lighter yellow too, mm-hmm. that kind of hazy yellow. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it doesn't a look appealing. It, no, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. Looks... Like this is the first time I poured it out into a yeah. glass and not drink drink it straight from the bottle, and it does not look like an appealing beer. It's but... very opaque; like mm-hmm. you can't see through the glass at all. It's just like no. this weird, like it looks like pee. I yeah, mean, wow. you have weird ass pee, dude. Because of- oh, well, I've been sick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because if your pee's opaque, um, there's a problem. You're not getting enough this, liquids. It's very weird. I mean, you do get that weedy because it doesn't have. I'm I'm talking fast because I'm excited. It doesn't have that overpowering hoppiness. You get that little bit of citrus, but it has just mm-hmm. that that bread grain to it in mm-hmm. the taste too. Yeah. Um, it's solid. It's an IPA for someone that might not be into IPAs yet. But as an IPA lover, 
I love it. Like it's yeah. it's it hits every note perfect for me. And like I, if Saranac made this a continual beer, <laughs> I'd be picking it up all the time. And it's at a great price point. I think if this if this <laughs> beer was out all the time at seven ninety nine per except, six pack, uh, I bought my six pack seven forty nine Wegman's yeah. wow. listed price seven forty nine. Nice. Um, would this would this knock Magic Hat off of your oh number nine? Yeah, really. This is, this is better than number nine. Power I, rankings, we're, we're doing okay, it. Okay, we're doing it. Between, you have to now stack up flower power, number oh. nine, and this. I, cool, flower power is the gauge, like, right? That is, that, that is, flower that, power that, is, that, yeah. it is yeah, the mark, is. it is a high bar. It's the high watermark for us, right? Yeah. For our IPAs, like, we all agree, flower power is best. Flower IPA. power is it. Yeah. We, we love it. Uh, bottom rung is probably a torpedo right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> unless, so unless you want to put that, that celebration ale on there. Uh, so, uh, I've been celebration ale a couple other times, and I do, like as an IPA lover, I I do like it. I will drink it. It is better than torpedo. Oh yeah, torpedo, torpedo was, was almost undrinkable. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty much. Un- it was. It was. I mean, both you guys got rid of it. I yeah. I just finished mine to finish it. Yeah, it was undrinkable. Uh, torpedo. So. So let's rank those three. We got the uh, number nine, number nine, white IPA, Saranac, right. and then you know our flower power from Mythica. I mean, flower power. I mean, it, it, it stays at number one. But the only thing that would stop me from buying a six pack of flower power is is ten ten ninety nine yeah. for a six pack, and it goes up sometimes to almost fourteen ninety nine. Yeah, and it's like you know what seven forty nine. It's gonna be like. Mm-hmm. Eight eight thirty, you know, after taxes and and mm-hmm. your deposits and everything, I would probably on um, if I wasn't out if I was out if I was buying six packs, I'd probably buy this. If I was out at a bar getting a pint, that's always going to be five mm-hmm. five mm-hmm. bucks. I would get the I'd get the flower power. Right. Yeah, I flower power. So wait, so where was? I don't know. You can't do this. It's like it's, it's, it's rating. Like, it's like rating. It's like picking uh, children. Which which I, child do you love more? This is more? competition. We're segueing from this competition into our next one. Don't you see what I'm doing here? Uh, obviously, <laughs> flower power is number one. Right. Um, as much as I like this, I have to say, Magic Hat. It's just it's so drinkable. Like mm-hmm. I can drink that whenever. Like I'm not always in the mood for an IPA. Right. And while this is really good, it's not like a go-to IPA for me. Yeah. Something like Flower Power. Would be or the Southern Tier like double IPA. If I saw these two on the shelf, I'd go for that one over. Optical Illusion. Optical. Oh, Blue Pine's great. Yeah. Like as much as I like this number nine, like I could just drink that whenever. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's gonna edge this out. So number three. So, so white so IPA number three. three. All right. Um. The one great thing about Power Power is that it's delicious. It, it is wonderful. It is. The one great thing about number nine is it's a beer I can have in the fridge, and no matter who comes over, we'll drink a number nine and appreciate it. Now, is this more towards flower power or number nine? And I think this verge is more towards flower power, where it's delicious and it's an IPA, so not everybody will drink it. This will sit in my fridge and be drank only by me. Like, other friends will come over, and they will not touch this, other than you guys. <laughs> um, you know, like Eric would never drink, you know, uh, a flower power. It's too hoppy for him. This is too ho- would be much too hoppy for him. Uh, yep. Yeah, so buying a six pack 
I'm going to buy this one hands down unless company's coming over and then it's number nine. I'm going to buy this more than I'm going to buy flower power just because of the price point. But if I'm out pint, pint to uh, pint, 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 pint to pint, power ranking is flower power, Saranac, and then Magic, Magic Hat. Hat number nine. Pint, or six pack power ranking, it's going to go number nine. I got apologies, I created a whole other like, Yeah, it's going to go. Competition. It is competition. <laughs> well, the, John was kind of doing it, and I'm just letting him come back into the game and, and actually give us his power ranking. It's going to be uh, six pack, it's going to be number nine, then flower, then Saranac, and then flower power being last. So basically a switch. Um, pint to pint. Flower Power, Saranac, then Magic Hat. <laughs> Six pack. It's uh, most of the time I don't mind spending the ten dollars if I'm <laughs> in the mood for a really good IPA. But since a lot of times you're like, oh, it's a lot of money. Is it four bucks you gotta, better? You've got to spend money to make money, though, John. <laughs> but I don't. I don't think Flower Power is four dollars better. Oh, I do. It is better. If I had four dollars, I would just put it out there right now for you, Paul, because it is. It's it is better. Leaps I think, and I think I would go. I think I would go. Flower Power, this and Ma- and then Magic Hat. So same ranking for both. But p- pint to pint, I would put this over number nine. The number nine. Well, that's that's how we do things here. This is so how we I compare and contrast. So from now on, we're going to have to do six packs versus pints. I think it we depends talk about anything. on 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 a beer like this, a beer that really where well, the price <coughs> difference is so high. Yeah. It, versus it, it, and six. it's such a. I mean, and this, this is this is such a drinkable beer. Mm-hmm. It's, you can't compare. And I mean, what better way to get into our Super Bowl than yeah. the the competition of uh, our uh, beers? Exactly. And I just want to say in. What, it's been three years now? Mm-hmm. We're doing the podcast. IPAs have won you over. Yes, it has taken quite a while for IPAs. Yeah. Both of you guys. Yeah. They are a lot better than... You've come from the dark side. No, I will, the hot side. I will still drink a yeah. porter before an IPA. Depending on what time of the meal it is. You <laughs> <laughs> start off the night drinking, and I might start off the night with an IPA. Yeah. But then, as the night progresses, like with your as dinner, he, as, IPA, as it gets later, you get darker. You do get darker with the, with the setting of the sun. You get sexy. <laughs> <laughs> but before, you would take a sip of this, and you'd be like, "Oh no, I don't like it." Yeah. It, it is very much an acquired taste. Mm-hmm. Like, you got as a, I like to say, is you got to work up a tongue for IPAs. <laughs> I mean, I, I love IPs now, but yeah, I'll still take like a porter stout. Yeah. And I used to be a porter stout guy. Then I moved to hops, and now you guys, I. But you got burned out on stouts when you went to uh, Ireland. I did. <laughs> I did too. There was a lot of yeah. lot of Guinness and Beamish, and uh, what's the other guy? Beamish. McGinty's. You mean? <laughs> you mean Murphy's? Murphy's. Murphy's I've been buying Guinness every week just because it's on sale, because it's closer and closer um, to you. Sidebar, nothing to do with podcasts, but it has to do with Guinness. We should make a good Guinness stew this year. Yeah. Mm. I, I've done it in the past. My Guinness meat pie. Yeah. It's uh, St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. Little known fact, the three of us, we get together every week for dinner and have little dinner parties. Uh, <laughs> how about our next dinner party? We're going to do a Guinness. Guinness. I got it. I got a Guinness. It's going to be like uh, Iron Chef, where the secret ingredient is Guinness. <laughs> now, Iron Chef! 
Now, do we all like, said. do we do Go ahead. pull together and buy ingredients, and then someone makes it, or we all make it together? Well, but how long does it? It depends on what we're gonna do. The stew take because if the stew takes an hour, then yeah, let's all pull yeah our resources and do it together. But if it's gonna take three hours to make, that is way too long to yeah. be sitting around waiting after work. And we're always drinking. <laughs> yeah, we're always drinking. We're always drinking. Yeah, so let's let's look up the recipe and discuss after the show. Oh, yeah. Yes. And sorry listeners, <laughs> you're not invited to our dinner party. You can't come to uh, if you ranked party. right if you ranked and reviewed us, maybe you would. Yeah, maybe. But and then email and let us know. Oh shit, Ed Edcom. <laughs> oh yeah, Ed Because he's you know why we have friends of the podcast Ed come over? Because he's writing and reviewed us. And he likes to drink too. <laughs> and you would appreciate that. Oh, they could do a not episode, and he could bring the uh, Japanese box of candy. And talking about our friends on uh, online, somebody left us a message on the Facebook. Did you hey. guys catch that? No, I didn't no. see it. It was, it was telling us about uh, a different beer app. Oh, really? yeah. Who? Different from Untapped. I... Uh, Steve Rosenberg. Oh, Steve Rosenberg. That guy. I met him once. Uh, my, that's a, a childhood friend of mine. Oh. Like 11 to 16, we were like best friends on the weekends. <laughs> best friend during the week? Chris Roy. Yay, me. <laughs> best friend never? Me. <laughs> Paul, you're always a best friend. You not, just... not when I first met you. I didn't like you when I first met you. <laughs> Ever since then, best friends. That's true. It's the three of us. Ah. Weird how things change. We've got to get back to taking pictures of what we're doing for the show. I just realized that we haven't done that in a while. Well, we can. Yeah, we can. we got bottles here. Yeah, we got That's bottles. Fine. Yeah, but what do we have other than bottles? We have competition. We have massive competitions. Gridiron greats coming together, clashing helmets. Marvel versus DC. Banging fists, in all the very only sexual. Way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, taking it to a weird place. Did I? Yeah. Oh. So, but that's okay because uh, we we got to talk about the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Marvel versus DC. <laughs> I was getting so mad last year when he kept saying Super Bowl instead of Super Bowl. <laughs> and you've come over to the dark side. No, because I realized that it would actually be illegal for us to say that it's a Super Bowl because that is a trademark by the NFL. Yeah, but it was just our conversation that made we, us call we it. We were actually talking about the Super Bowl <laughs> when we were saying it. And yeah. Paul would he legitimately get mad and he'd correct us every time. Super Bowl, guys. Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Super Bowl, guys. It's a Super Bowl. I still at work, people asking, like, hey, who are you voting for for the Super Bowl? <laughs> As if it's like a king and queen, like it's a, like, it's a yeah. school dance. It's a Super Bowl! It's, it's like prom. It's a, better than prom. It's a super prom. It's all dudes. It's a Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> we know that was our prom. <laughs> um, but we did this last year. Um, we, like, kind of revisiting topics and subjects um, because we're lazy, let's be obvious. But um, it, it's fun to kind of slide stuff up. Um, last year, actually, Marvel won. Yes, Marvel. Um, we did have a and Marvel. we're a very DC-centric podcast. Um, we, Wait a minute. We just we buy and read what we like, and it just tends to be more DC. So the fact that Marvel kind of mm-hmm. swung out uh, and won, that was kind of cool. Um so I'm interested to see what you guys bring to the table this year. Swung out in one. They swung on out in Spider's one. web. On Spider-Man's webbing, basically, right? <laughs> Pretty no. much. Not on Spider-Man, because that was one more day, and that was awful. 
<laughs> We're doing that. Excuse me. It's not. It's not weakly. We do it strongly. Oh, uh, that's Tom Brevoort. All right, so let's get over the numbers real quick. For 2010, we had Marvel Comics leading the retailer dollar market share, 38 percent, point two three to DC's 30.39 percent, uh, and also 43.35 percent on unit market share, and 34 percent for DC in the same unit market share. That was 2010. So let's see how things have changed coming into 2011. It's been pretty close there. Yeah, it was, you I know, mean, 8 to 9%, you know, um, swing. And this year, uh, you know, with DC being so strong in those last couple months, I was thinking they would have done a little bit better. Uh, they only increased their market share 1.2%, really. Uh, market share went up to 31.41%. And then their unit market share went up 2.77% uh, to 36.77. Uh, Marvel stayed in the lead with market share at 37.29% and unit market share at 40.93%. So DC seemed to take market share not from Marvel. DC took market share not from Marvel, but from other third-party uh, or lower-tier. So your Dark Horses, your Image, yeah. your IDWs, mm-hmm. um, press stuff, like the, the smaller companies. And it wasn't that much of an increase. But they only had the last three to four months. Yeah, it was from September on. Yeah. And the other thing is, is, is they, don't, <coughs> they don't mass market their books, where Marvel does. I mean, they put out way more titles, and they put out so many different variant covers mm-hmm. on their titles. So I think that should be something to look into, that yeah. they took that market share without adding... They, they'd add books. How many books, though? I think about four monthly. Which... Yes. They've, they've come out with more stuff. I mean, they've got new the Spider-Man books. The new 52 was an increase for yeah. Marvel, of RDC. Yeah. The new 52 actually increased the number of books they're putting out. The yeah, but it was only by a minuscule amount versus yeah. the number of books that Marvel books Yeah. But that doesn't include Vertigo titles, also. I wasn't including that. Yeah, but those are those would stay the same. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. More which which come Vertigo, and go. Vertigo is very good, like give and take. Like mm-hmm. once they lose a book, like it gets canceled or ends, they have another book that comes out right at the same time. So mm-hmm. those kind of stay pretty consistent. Yeah, and we're not measuring up Vertigo in this topic between. Marvel and DC. These are the superhero comic books that we kind of read, and people honestly go to the comic book shop for. Yeah. As much as we love comic books, and we do read some different stuff, we're, we're, we're superhero fans. We've, yeah. We've all got superhero pint glasses in front of us. <laughs> I mean, it just... But we all got them for Christmas, too. Yeah. Some have more beer in them than others. I... Can finish this right now. <laughs> it wasn't a contest, guys. So well, I won it. Wow. Oh, I, I, I was kind of looking forward to another one. <laughs> I had we to can have, have more. I know we can because it's ball. drinkable. It is drinkable. and it's cheap. It is the Super Bowl. It's the Super Bowl. And what do you do for the Super Bowl? You drink, drink, and look at statistics, which we just did. We that, did. Was, that was all the numbers you're going to get. I think, right, guys? Like, I think so. That's all the yeah. numbers I Cause we, care about. And we don't care about really numbers. We care about what we think and our it's feelings and our passion. opinions and passion. So for the first quarter, which characters are we passionate about? What? Who do we think had the better year for their characters overall? 
This is tough. It, it is. is tough because half, well, two thirds through the year, we had a change up yeah. in the lineup of characters, really. Except some of them stayed the same. Some stayed the same. Over at DC. Some similar, mm-hmm. some completely different. And some of them got crappier. So should we throw some characters out there and then pick from that? All right, yeah. Who had the best, which characters, just let's run them off, had the best year of 2011? Uh, Batman. Batman? Yeah. I mean... I'm going to cross him off my list. Yeah, I, had, I, had, I wrote yep. Batman down. Um, uh, honestly, I mean, we talk about it mm-hmm. every week, one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, Batman has just had a great year. I mean, in pages of Batman, yep. Batman and Robin was solid. I mean, there's a couple other Batman books out there which aren't as good. Yeah. Sorry, Tony Daniel. Um, no, you don't need to apologize. He's been doing crappy work for years now. No, honestly, like I liked his initial Batman stuff after R.I.P. Like, I did not like that. I, I liked it. Um, you let me borrow those books, and I'm like, man, I saved some money here. I'm glad I did. But I, I just think we're seeing like a renaissance for the Batman family. It's mm-hmm. kind of getting back to how it was in the 90s. Yeah. Um, because the 90s were an awesome time because, I mean, we were getting kick-ass Batman, Robin, Nightwing. Like, like the Catwoman stuff was mm-hmm. coming out. We got the new Batgirl. Um, in the 90s, was that Birds of Prey also? Birds of Prey, uh, like late 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're kind of seeing a, a renaissance again. And that's why I'm kind of swinging back towards being more of a Batman fan. <laughs> I'm going to throw this out there. Captain America. Captain yes. America, the movie. Yeah. Um, which will be talked about during licensing. Steve Rogers coming back as Captain America. Mm-hmm. Secret Avengers. Um, Captain America and Bucky. He was in that um, the one soldier book about all the uh, superheroes that were covert working with the army against the Nazis. Um, and I believe there's one more book that he's he's attached to. Um, well, Avengers, too. He's in Avengers. Yeah. Um, so, Steve Rogers, Captain America, that mantle, the death of Captain America, and the rise of Captain America all in the same year. In well, the, in the, the death was... That was a while ago. This year. But him, no, no, the death of Bucky as Captain America. Oh, okay. Oh, that was awful, though. That happened, like, in one page of... Uh, I know, I'm just saying, it's, it was a death, left. though. Yeah. You know? You a had the, his cap, yeah. His cap, and, and Steve Rogers coming back. See, the thing is, when you say Captain America, I automatically think and Steve, Steve Rogers. Rogers. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm just putting it out there that that was something that also happened with the mantle. Yes. Uh, CNN did not cover Bucky's death. <laughs> <laughs> they covered Steve Rogers' death. Well, that's, that's yeah. pretty big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but... But I, I just think it's been a it's been a pretty big year for Captain America. It, it has. I uh, big year Daredevil. Thank you. Yeah. I, uh, again, someone stole the words out of my mouth. I believe it was Paul. It's it's another character that is two thirds of the way in. We you know Mark Wade comes in and brings us a fun Daredevil book that we're all reading for the first time since. I, I, I was reading, like, the Bendis stuff, and then I stopped because I was like, ugh. Yeah. Bendis. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, I mean, I'm not submitting these as characters, but we checked out all of these number ones. I mean, Punisher, yeah. Daredevil, Moon Knight, Captain America. There was another one, too, wasn't there? Well, all the DCNUs. But, yeah. but for Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you just swore off Captain America. You're like, I'm yeah, done I'm with done. it. 
we haven't read any more of the Punisher or the Moon Knight stuff. Daredevil's the book that every time it comes out, I'm like, oh man, new Daredevil. It's on the top of my stack. Yeah. Yeah. We all rave about it. And just before we restarted the segment, we were just talking about the Paulo Rivera, the artist of it, and how much we all dig it. If there is one person, one comic that is rivaling Batman for the best of 2011, it's Daredevil. Yeah. You know, I think Batman had a stronger, he had a couple more months on uh, Daredevil just because of time. Uh, but yeah, they're like neck and neck for me. Yeah. Like to be top of stack. Luckily, they don't come out in the same week. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I do have to submit it. Mm-hmm. Green Lantern. I think had, uh, but I've been off of Green. See, Lantern. you've been off of Green and Lantern. I've tried it, like the stuff, the, the number ones, all the number ones were read, and yeah. I think it's gotten markedly worse since even the middle. Kind of, like, of, you think it's diluting it a little bit? Yeah, even since. Blackest Night. Like, I kind of felt that's where I started falling off. I'm mm-hmm. like, it's just not that great. It's not building well, towards anything. It's now, it just doesn't feel... That, that you're looking at, like, a story standpoint, mm-hmm. but from a character standpoint, I mean, we have four Green Lantern books now. I mean, we had the movie come out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think... I haven't looked at the actual, like, top 100 selling books... But there's always at least one Green Lantern book in the top ten now. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not even including like Justice League, right. which he is in as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think Green Lantern's had a pretty big year for DC. I think if you know Batman is the character, Green Lantern is right behind him. Like mm-hmm. if there's another DC character, I will give you market share and just sales, but. Overall, its quality of a book, like I just don't feel it's there. I don't think it it lights the way, uh, much mm. like the bat symbol does. <laughs> and other characters out of the new Fifty Two, you know, have found new footing and have been great. Even Aquaman, yeah, has been of better quality than I think Green Lantern has. Mm. But th- this, I is, think, I think but I haven't. But I have only read the first one. Yeah. and was like I don't. Just not. I just don't have a feeling for this character anymore. I would say Aquaman first issue had a very strong footing, mm-hmm. and it was a big like Aquaman's back. The storyline that followed up with it mm-hmm. wasn't that great. It was more of like waiting for it to wrap up to see what else is going to happen, mm-hmm. and that's why I, I wouldn't say Aquaman. I wouldn't put Aquaman up here, and I wouldn't compare him to the, to the Green Lantern because of with mm-hmm. the Green Lanterns here. Uh, who I would throw out there is Animal Man, second-rate character, come up with his own book and just be strong. Being tied with Swamp Thing, like I can't I say mean, Animal Man is great on his own. It's Animal Man and Swamp Thing, like in conjunction, like they're peanut butter and jelly in this yeah. you know, configuration. No, that, that, that makes sense. They're yeah. just working so well together. Scott Snyder and uh, Jeff Lemire, just creating this whole new language for the DC universe. Something that's always been there, except they're actually with Animal Man fleshing out. Yeah. I put that in bunny ears because I do appreciate the people that actually like that pun. Thank you. Because uh, it is the red and it's all flesh. And yes. yeah, Bad jokes I have to explain. Mm-hmm. This is a Paul joke. <laughs> this is why you come here for this podcast, right? <laughs> all about Paul. <laughs> it's where everything Paul says. <laughs> that's why you started doing those not episodes. All Exactly. 
Because I felt they weren't getting enough of me. <laughs> now they're going to email in. Contact at BeckingBoardCast.com. No, we've had enough about Paul. <laughs> no, 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 no. Paul. You know what I mean? Like, it's those two together. I don't think Animal Man on his own, if that was the book, would be quite as cool. Like, it's that... It's the whipped cream on top of your Sunday. I, I, the the tying in of it the green, cool. the red of of the world like that. No one gets a bigger story than just its own book. Even though the last issue, which was a fill in for a heart issue, was still great. Hit it. Um, well, I think that didn't come out in two thousand. I think that artist is switching over to become the main artist too, because there's uh, some art changes coming from the, from the I, DC standpoint. Think so. Travel Foreman, I think, is on that book. I, I just read an article about it today. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't remember because who's taking Travel Foreman did do the last few pages, mm-hmm. and the hot oh, man and the backup artist. I'm gonna this is, up. It's unfair to say he's a backup artist because yeah. he's also a big name, and I'm just blanking right now. Because um, you listen to the last issue, I do that a lot. Uh, yeah, I think those two characters had the big years, and even Wonder Woman has come out. From the new 52, they've gained some great momentum quality wise. Like, they're finally doing something with that character. And John put away his thing like I was reading. You! Everybody's looking! <laughs> I, I don't like you looking! Well, I have to throw this out there. Our fleas over here with this um, list. On the Marvel side, though, mm-hmm. Ultimate Spider Man mm-hmm. having a new character step into that mantle. I haven't read an Ultimate Spider Man book in years now. Mm-hmm. But that story was everywhere. Yeah. Um, I, what's the kid's name? Miles? Miles Morales. Yeah, Miles Morales. Um, new person stepping into the role. This story was young. everywhere. He's like middle school? Yeah, he, it's a young, like... I think he, he's, he's like, middle school age. Yeah. Like thir- 12 to 13. Like prepubescent. Like That was one of those stories that when I went online, you saw it mm-hmm. everywhere. Much like... The, you know, Steve Rogers is dead, yeah. Captain America's dead story. Um, that's big for the character, like... And because the son of the Prowler! Or for and son of the Prowler? I don't know. <laughs> but, you know what? For, for like, a, like, a side story, almost, mm-hmm. in the Ultimate Universe, that's big. Yeah. And that's kind of the stories that they wanted to tell mm-hmm. with the Ultimate Universe, and then they kind of got away from that. And just did retellings of their stories... And yeah. that, I mean, it's not something I bought, but for a character standpoint, I mean... And, I mean, also, you had the the, the Craven, the Hunter coming back, and all that stuff with the spiders, and then that leading into um, Spider Island, which okay. was really big, and all the, I mean, like, the spider family mm-hmm. branching out from that. I mean, yeah. we, we just discussed... Venom. Venom. Yeah. We just discussed um, Scarlet Star- Spider... You know, so I, I mean, Spider-Man, I definitely think, is someone who, not only that, but all the talk of the Spider-Man movie leading up, you know, leading up to 2012 Spider-Man. But I think Spider-Man is definitely a contender. And also, I think you have to pair these two together coming out of Marvel, but Cyclops and Wolverine. Yeah. Retaking those X-Men books. Uh, it was late in the, in the game for them to come out and recapture, but... I don't know. Ah, yeah. See, because I'm trying to remember like which I, books came out in 2011 I, where I was excited about them. But, I don't, but these are the out. books that took you guys by surprise. Here, no, but here's the thing. We're talking about characters. I put that more on the publishing side, not to spoil mm-hmm. other like quarters that we're doing. 
Because it wasn't because of those characters that we started buying those books. It was more like the stories that they were telling. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it could have been either character flip-flopped in either of those books. And uh, if it was that story coming out... Yeah, but Rick Remender on Wolverine... The name of the book is Wolverine and the X-Men, and I hate Wolverine, yet I'm still buying Wolverine and the X-Men. Yeah. I would never, ever buy a title book named Wolverine. I just don't like the character. And yet here I am... Recommender has done it. And it's I, the same character that he was doing in his Wolverine book that he's now doing in Wolverine and the X-Men. It's that same character. I I can't... And that's why I'm saying it, it, this discussion does belong in character and that's also, okay. also in publishing. But that's the only, at the same time, I can't put Wolverine up on a pedestal and be like, man, he's had a yeah. great year because of yeah. one book. Right. That... Is, is really good. It is really good, and it's good enough to get a non-Wolverine fan yeah. to buy Wolverine. And again, how much an is old it X-Men fan who hasn't been picking up books. But how much only... is it because it's Wolverine versus that whole school feeling? Because that was your favorite part about X-Men. Yeah. It's like, it, it's a school. It's finally hits school again. You know? That is true. I mean, I like Wolverine being in that book, but mm-hmm. it's more like, I like Beast being like mm-hmm. behind the scenes. Like, oh, this floor just turned into lava. I like Bobby Drake exploring his powers. Mm-hmm. And then it's just, Wolverine's there in the title more? He's in the title, but he's... I, I but it makes, sense, it makes sense with the whole through line of what work Mary Mandra has done with that character for him to want to be a headmaster mm-hmm. and have a place for the children. It, like... The, like, when you say, see Wolverine in the X-Men, you would be like, well, that's kind of bullshit. Like, it'd be like a cartoon. cartoon. We were like, oh, that's kind of bullshit that he would be leading it. And then, but what Rick Remender really focused on was, no, this is the character that took Jubilee under his wing, that took Shadowcat under his wing, that took Armor under his wing. He cares about the kids not being just murder drones. Like, he wants them to be kids, you know? Yeah. And that's why he would be like, no, this is what I would want, and this is what Gene would want. See, I, I don't know, like... The, the through line is there for this character. Reading that book, mm-hmm. I'm enjoying it more for the other characters yeah. in there mm-hmm. than I am just Wolverine. It's a good and valid point. That, that, that's all my point is. I think that they should be nominated and talked about in this segment. I don't think they should win. Yeah. But I think that they have definitely, and, and that's why I put the two mm-hmm. of them together, but to, to split those books, to split the team like that, mm-hmm. and have something that none of us is X-Men fans anymore. We, we might love X-Men, mm-hmm. but we're not fans, we weren't reading mm-hmm. the books. To get us all in yeah. and get us wanting to read those books, each side, too. Yeah. I mean, you two are splitting them. Mm-hmm. Well, are you going to keep picking up? I can't yeah. keep picking up X-Men. I really can't. Yeah, like, Greg Lance art and also the story. <laughs> it's, the story is fucking bullshit now. It, yeah, it's not. Now that... Um, now that the, the first issue was really Kier, good. Yeah, now that Kerry Gillian is the only one writing it and it no longer Matt Fraction is involved, it's just... Oh, it's just not good. They left for the Defenders? Te- teaming teaming uh, Cyclops and Wolverine up at the same time, it's not good because... I, I was pumped to read mm-hmm. both of yeah. those books, like, hand in hand. Like, mm-hmm. Robin, or not Robin. In 2011, it was great. 2012, it's now kind of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I was looking at those books to be what Batman and Nightwing are yeah. for DC. You were going to have your Cyclops and X-Men. Mm-hmm. 
and Wolverine over on the other side. On the other side, and it, East Coast West Coast Avengers, guys, how could we just, miss? It it just doesn't work out. <laughs> Posted that with these, get these like childlike, his head's cocked to the side, big smile, giggling, bright like sparkle in his eyes. <laughs> Guess that's how I felt when these two books were coming out. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is going to be great. Uh, reading the first issue of, I think it's just Uncanny X Men. Mm-hmm. That yeah. the one that has Cyclops. Yeah, okay. I kind of had the same feeling I got from reading Astonishing X Men. Yeah, it was like okay, we're going to be the superhero team. Cyclops is putting together the team. Here's the reason why, and there was such great character moments in it. Mm-hmm. And then when you read the second issue, it's like, wait, mm-hmm. there's really no heart behind any yeah. of this now. Just yeah, it's missing something. And and Wolverine in the X Men has that heart now. Mm-hmm. Like you got Bobby Drake kissing. Kitty Pryde was just one of those moments where I saw, I was like, eh, fanboy gleed up. It was weird. I can't explain it. Don't make me. Man. I won't. And uh, it's still the art by, um, who's the cover artist that I really liked who's doing the art. Of- oh, are we, are we talking about Wolverine? Yeah. Um, Chris Pacello. Chris Pacello. And his art really, I think, makes that book pop and those characters pop, too, mm-hmm. for that school. Yeah. For this it's the younger look. Yeah. It's like... Sketchier, younger, and a fun and and happy and upbeat look. Energy. There's a lot of energy in it. Uh, But come on, guys. We we all know the best characters of 2011 coming out of Marvel. We all know who had the best year over at Marvel. This is the point where Paul says something really weird. (laughs) I'm just waiting for it. Fantastic Four. (laughs) Oh, okay, yeah. The, The Johnny Storm. The coming back of Johnny Storm. The Future Foundation and Fantastic Four. The Fantastic Four now have two books. And that started in 2011. Fantastic Four. Honestly, best year for the Fantastic Four 2011. Started in 2010, I know, and I'm aware of that, but Jonathan Hickman brought it home. Two books. Two books. Two books. They, they bumped it up. Two yeah. books. Death and the Return of the Human Torch. What more can you say? Can't say. Dude, I have nothing to say. The Fantastic Four probably had the best year yeah. out of every character in 2011. Better than Batman, though? Better than Batman. Ooh. Because Batman has, has strong years in the past. And, you know, we've kind of been waiting. It's always been a solid book. Batman is a dynasty book, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, Fantastic but, Four is a dynasty book, too. Yeah. I mean, it is a dynasty book. And oh, spicy. it's the first time they really stepped up to the plate and have been, like, the top seller for Marvel. All right, so first quarter, looking at the characters, who are we going to give this one to? I do think, you know, from Marvel, you do have Daredevil, Fantastic Four, and all the ones that we listed... But overall, with the new 52 and Batman being so strong and the new character, you know, the new stylizing of the characters coming out from the new 52, I have to go with DC. John? I'm an, I mean, I think DC. Okay, I, I was torn up between the two of these, um, but I was edging more DC because they've had mm-hmm. just a strong start to everything. Yeah. Even like the characters you don't so much care about coming mm-hmm. out of the new 52. We were still there to see how this character is getting their quote-unquote start now. Um, but yeah, I'll give it to DC. Well, talking about the whole initiative with the New 52, that's publishing right there. Publishing, boom, baby, boom. Second quarter. We got to go. 
So uh, initiatives, you know, either being events, um, going day and date with digital, uh, how they publish uh, trade paperbacks, that is all publishing. And that's where sales are made. That's how deals get done. Deals are done. And probably the biggest news from the publishing side was DCs saying that, hey, we're going day and date with digital and we're going to offer like back issues with the Kindle and Barnes and Noble, or, yeah, because board is closed down. Yeah, said we're going to pull all your trades uh, that you're offering offering digital on the Kindle. Um, that sounds like a huge disappointment, but I think that's actually a strong bonus for DC to be that committed to digital. I think that's because a, that's where it's going. That's a ballsy move too. Mm-hmm. Um, to not support like the Nook and stuff like that. That is a Hail Mary pass. Um, I know when you think of publishing, I, I automatically think of the books that came out mm-hmm. in the trade program. Um, DC got us in the store yeah. with 52 new number ones. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that alone is just far and beyond what Marvel was able to do. Um, mm-hmm. Going day and date with digital versus on the shelves. DC did that, and then after they announced that, Marvel was like, we're going day and date with X-Men and Spider-Man books, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Marvel was really playing catch-up in this mm-hmm. quarter. Yeah. Um, I feel like DC just completely revamped how they were looking at not just making comics, but also getting them out to people. And yeah. in a world where it is, we have this like talk constantly, like print versus digital. DC is really coming out swinging at the digital market now. Without leaving their print behind, and they've been they've been trailing in this mm-hmm. for the last couple of years. Yeah, uh, Marvel's really had the edge on the digital comics, mm-hmm. and DC came out and said, "Nope, everything, day and date." And I think that I mean that blows away Marvel at the same price as the print, <clears throat> where it's you know not undercutting the booksellers. You know the the bloodline of the process is the comic book stores. But also, you know, being able to package in the dollar download for the digital. I don't know who does that. Because if you buy the book, why are you also buying it digitally? But then dropping the price on the digital content a month after. Which is smart. a smart idea. And I do like that. I wish that they could get it down to the 99 cent. You know, after like three months or something. I I think that's when you you start seeing like their sales come out yeah. because back when the Green Lantern movie came out, mm-hmm. they had, you could buy a bunch of different Green Lantern story arcs. They were like 99 cents each yeah. on, um, what was it? Comicsology. Yeah. Um, brilliant because mm-hmm. yeah, like that's when your people are going to be most interested in checking mm-hmm. out those books and a buck each. Yeah. That's more accessible than a dollar 99. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. And so in this quarter, I think DC was leading the charge. We do want to see more. It was a strong quarter, but there are areas where they can improve. Do more sales like that. You know, be more like Steam from Valve yeah. and offer almost weekly sales. There's still nothing that sales. makes me want to go digital yeah. over print. No. No. But, I, I mean, I imagine, like, none of us really have a, a <laughs> tablet or any of those. Yeah. And I imagine in some, like, in some, what, in some way, yes, it's easier, like... W- Chris and I haven't been able to get up to our comic book mm-hmm. shop. Well, we could have had all those books if we had those. Yeah. But I like having, I like having the issue. I like turning the mm-hmm. page. I like going back and really looking at stuff. 
But I am getting to the point where, like, my issues are in a stack. Mm-hmm. Some of my issues get ruined, and I'm like, eh, you know, whatever. Because mm-hmm. it got, I, it was into my back seat, and then I had people in my car, and I threw it in my trunk, and it got ruined. I don't really care about issues anymore. We're having a tablet and looking mm-hmm. and having them on there. But I still like print better. Mm-hmm. And to go back to episode 111, where we talked about Batman from DC mm-hmm. Comics, that whole yeah. little gimmick, if you will, of actually having to like, turn the book as you're reading it, mm-hmm. you're not going to get that from digital, because you're just going to be swiping the page left and right. Mm-hmm. You don't have to actually hold your tablet sideways to continue reading. Yeah. Um, that's something that you lose when you have digital over print. Yeah. Um, and that was like such a huge part of that book. Like just that like mm-hmm. realization that like, Whoa, I'm reading this book upside down now. Like or, that was awesome. Or even in Batwoman where it's all about like double page spreads. Yeah. And then when you put it on the digital medium that is so shrunk down and you got to zoom in and kind of scroll over it instead of getting the full effect yeah. all at once. Um, last year we did talk about Marvel having a better trade print policy. And I think DC's catching up where all these first runs of these books are being traded and basically getting released within the next couple months. Yeah. Like, I know that is leaking into 2012, but we saw that with, well, Resurrection Man is doing pretty well. And they released the original trade of, you know, Resurrection Man. They released the original trade of this character and that character. And I think they've gotten a lot stronger here in 2011 with the trades. They've gotten a lot stronger, but they're still not... I I don't... They're still not... They're still not there with those trades. And, I mean, like, they put out the hardback, Mm -hmm. and then they put out the softback. I mean, Marvel, like, the day that issue six comes out, like, the next day, that whole one through six yeah. is out in trade. You know, but Marvel really does get it out there for you to be able to read it. On their bigger series, though. It's not on... It wouldn't be on their seedless character Resurrection Man, but yeah. they don't yeah. release the trade of... I, yeah. I think yeah. going into the 52 initiative, like, DC really got behind supporting those older characters mm-hmm. that were coming back again, like your Resurrection Man... Static Shock, mm-hmm. um, even like the Seven Soldiers of Victory stuff, like you were able to get like Frankenstein and stuff more readily available again. Um, so while it's not new trades, they do really support the older stuff that's like, hey, there's a resurging interest in this. Let's get this book back out in order for people to check it out again, like the older stuff, mm-hmm. um, which I think is smart. I mean, yeah, Marvel does that too, but. I think it's a lot more noticeable when DC does it because they put a lot more push behind it. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, are we done with this quarter? I think, yeah, quarter two publishing going this to DC. DC? Licensing. Movies. Toys. Paper plates for birthday parties. <laughs> oh. Yeah, the party city. Yeah. Who had the stronger year? I, I have to say, I mean, DC Direct always puts out Really good toys, really good statues. Mm-hmm. They do the Mass Effect toys. They do. Um, you know, but what movie did they have out this year? They had Green Lantern, mm-hmm. which, huge money, didn't bring in the money they wanted. They, they had a lot of Green Lantern stuff come mm-hmm. out, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm not saying they didn't, but it they sunk a lot into that movie that they didn't get their return on. Yeah. Marvel, on the other hand, 
Captain America and Thor. Thor. Big. I mean, they they did uh, X Men. I mean, even though it was Sony, yeah, it's plus. still yeah, it's still X. It's still mm-hmm. Marvel characters, and that's three Marvel character movies yeah. in one year. You know, and I think and they all did. They all did well. Well, X Men fucking did superbly. Yeah, for the budget they had. I mean, even though the movie's not coming out until like this year now, you have to look at the Avengers too because you're seeing a lot more Avengers stuff out available on the shelves. I mean, mm-hmm. if you look over at ComicsAlliance.com, like that's kind of my go-to comic book news website now. Um, Toy Fair just happened mm-hmm. in New York City, and like if you look at the website right now, the first three. Articles they have are, hey, here's the Avengers Lego sets. Here's the new Marvel Legends like series mm-hmm. coming out. Here's the amazing Spider-Man action yeah. figures. Marvel is a dominant force when it comes to licensing stuff. And last year, DC really tried to own that Toy Fair mm-hmm. because they the first couple, the first like the logo of Green Lantern was all kind of released at that toy fair last year or the year previous to try to push the toy line behind the Green Lantern movie. And that, even when the movie was still up, I was going into Target's where they were clearancing those toys. Mm-hmm. And that is just, that is just, you know, a tall tale sign that people weren't interested in it. Like yeah. they weren't buying. Um, you know, we've said what we said about the movies already. We're not going to go rehash the reviews. Yeah. Uh, but I do believe Marvel had a stronger year. Yeah. In the, you know, the I, 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 two movies, or three movies to mm-hmm. one. And banking the money versus not getting their money back on that. Mm-hmm. I know, but DC did have a hit. Oops, I dropped my pen. Um, the new Green Lantern cartoon, though, came out. No. It didn't? I thought that did. It comes out this March 3rd. Okay, I thought I saw something. Uh, they had the preview, like the first episode was kind of aired okay, that's what... uh, last year, but it was for this March. It's going <laughs> to be uh, Saturday's hour programming Green Lantern plus Justice League. Wouldn't wouldn't change my the vote. Network. They did have um, Young Justice. Young Justice, yeah. yeah. Young Justice. Um, but which, Marvel, which was good, which that was a hit. I mean, they're going ahead with mm-hmm. that. They had the comic book come out based on it. Mm-hmm. Marvel has second season of Superhero Squad. S- Superhero Squad. And they have a Avengers one that's going to be coming out soon, I believe. Plus, I they were doing. Season two started, though. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, okay. season two started. Earth Mightiest? Earth Mightiest. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And also, they were trying this year that anime. Also stuff, the Iron Man anime. I it was a Wolverine, Wolverine one. Wolverine, and also was Blade one of those? I'm um, not sure. I can't remember if that was this year or last year now, mm-hmm. but yeah, there was a Blade one. Yeah. And Marvel also has in the pipeline a lot of TV shows mm-hmm. that they announced this year. They announced them. That will be talked about more in 2012 Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, they were announced yeah. to get people interested in. DC, the only thing DC's got <coughs> out there to is mm-hmm. Green Lantern cartoon, yeah. Batman Begins, and the pushed back to 2013, or not, I'm sorry, uh, Dark Knight Rises, mm-hmm. and then the pushed back Superman movie. Man of Steel. Man of Steel, which, which is two th- two, 2013. I, I'm looking forward to. I mean, not to get oh, too ahead mm-hmm. of it, but I that one I will see. I, that looks well, cool. Well, yeah, I'm going to see it. 
I don't know how excited I am because of Zack Snyder, who I'm kind of, yeah, down on. He does good adaptations. Yeah. I was was waiting for my girlfriend so we could go to bed, and I'm watching Watchmen, the end of Watchmen on on the TV, and she comes in, she goes, ready to go, and she turns it off right when Rorschach's screaming like, do it! And I'm like, are you fucking out of your mind, lady? She's like, I don't even know what you're watching. I was like, there's a blue dude. You should have known it was comic books related. <laughs> yeah, uh, I have to say, licensing Marvel. Yeah. And okay. Marvel's always really strong with it. And now that they're teamed up with Disney, they're oh, they're gonna they're gonna be even better. You know, they finish up the the season. This, and, Dis- uh, and Disney's smart about letting them. I mean, bring those Avengers movies. The Avenger movie to a head by yeah. by working all mm-hmm. their things together. Yeah, it's surprising that they didn't say this is too much of a risk and like shelve that project and they just let it run. That is, that they bring someone on like Joss Whedon mm-hmm. who can do. Yeah, that is do, pushing your chips all onto the center of the table. You, yeah. They went all in and but it's paying off. Here's the thing: if this movie performs, mm-hmm. like it's hand over fist, like there's no way it's not performing. No. And, and that's mm-hmm. we, we've talked about this before. Like that's what Disney's going after. Yeah. Like they want that you know teen boy demographic. Mm-hmm. And dude, nothing says that more than the Avengers. I mean, I don't watch the Super Bowl like mm-hmm. the proper Super Bowl at all. I don't care about the commercials or anything. But as soon as I saw the Avengers trailer was up online, mm-hmm. like I wouldn't. I watched it. Yeah. yeah. Like that's the only Super Bowl like commercial or trailer that I've actually watched. Like you I didn't watch the Battleship one. No. <laughs> fucking battleship. Hey, I don't care if Liam fucking Neeson's in it. That that prom- that that pushed us to write our <laughs> star in our own Christmas special yeah. yet again. But here's the thing: I'm not going to go see Battleship unless it looks like it's going to be absolutely horrible for five bucks at the budget. In which case, I will see it. Mm-hmm. But you know what? The Avengers, like, as soon as I saw that preview was online, I was like, I need, I need to find this. I have to watch it, and I did. I skipped back to watch one of my favorite parts again, and then I rewatched it right after that. Like, and I, I like I was just talking. I was just talking to a woman at work who I gave. I let her borrow my copy of Thor. She's like, I've seen them all. I haven't seen that. And I started talking to her about Avengers, and she's like, What is the Avengers? And I told her, and she goes, I love all those movies. I might go see this one in the theaters. And I mean, I think that's pretty big that people have seen them on DVD or on TV now. Yeah. And they, this 40, almost 50-year-old woman's like, I would go see that in the theaters. Because she loves those movies. 2012 is shaping up to be the year that will basically define whether or not studios will get behind comic book movies more. Or we'll just, we'll, we won't see another one. If these, if Dark Knight Rises and Avengers don't do well. We will not see another comic book movie. They're going to pack up shop. I, well, I, I, that I, think, I think you're definitely going to continue to see Marvel movies. I do. I, I yeah. really do. Yeah. The only, and I think it's going to be far and few in between for DC because that's how it is anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Even with the success of Batman Begins, what's the next, what's the next DC movie? The Flash. Other than Man of Steel. No, 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 no. Uh, Batman Begins. Oh, Batman The next Begins. DC oh, movie. Not. The next DC movie was... I don't remember. Dark Knight! In between? No. Yeah. When was Superman Returns? Before it. Before Dark Knight? 
Crisis? Pretty sure. Yeah. Di- before, I'm almost positive. Before Batman Begins? Huh. Man. What was what was the next one? Green the, Lantern. How many years? No, The Losers. But you're <laughs> yeah, looking... But, you're, yeah, but that's, Vertigo. that's, that's, that's a Vertigo. Out there. All right. That's Vertigo. I'm talking main... Main mm-hmm. superheroes. Okay. Green Lantern. Yeah. Two years later. A year later, mm-hmm. you have Batman. A year later from that... Jonah Hex was Superman. in there. And he is DC proper. Alright, he is DC proper. And that sucked. Made your yes. dick. Yes, it did. Yes, that was horrible. But, okay. I, let's, we let's, gotta throw let's, it. Let's count up Marvel movies. Okay. Do it. Iron Man. We'll start at Iron Man. Okay. Iron Man 2. Four. Watchmen is also DC proper, by the way. Alright, you had Watchmen. Yeah. But nobody knows that as... Yeah. And I, I'm talking more big characters. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Okay. Iron Man. Iron Man 2. Thor. Captain America. Between Iron Man and Iron Man 2, Incredible Hulk. Incredible Hulk. Punisher Warzone in there as yeah. well. Punisher Warzone. Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. Was, yeah. No, there was a lot. You know? I'm not arguing. You get either. at least one a year. Mm-hmm. Like, most years you get two now. Yeah. And I think, I think you're going to continue. I mean, they're doing another Ghost Rider. I think you're going to continue to see Marvel dominating the screen presence, mm-hmm. and you're going to have one DC movie every couple of years. But then you're going to have the other, like, mm-hmm. off kilter kind of superhero movies, like Chronicle, that's coming out. Mm-hmm. Like, that looks really cool. It's and already it, out. It was number one last it? week. I, I don't follow anything. Like, mm-hmm. but so I think, stop doing the movie things. Yeah. <laughs> That, that's going to be kind of more what you're seeing with comic book movies, I think, is yeah. it's like the comic booky stuff. I mean, you, what, you, last year you had... Um, I Am Number 4. I Am Number 4. You had uh, the Super. Wasn't it Super with uh, Reigns from... Um, yeah, which I didn't see. I didn't see it either. Rain Wilson. But, it, I mean, it, it had a lot of buzz around it. It had uh, your girl in it. What's her name? Christian Bell? No. Ellen Chris, Page. Ellen Page. Oh. No, she's not one. You like five. her. She'd be she's, in top ten. She might be top ten, but not top yeah. five. Yeah, you like her. Like like you saw Whip It. You saw Whip It. Well, you defended Whip It. That was also with Drew Barrymore. <laughs> it would be higher than Ellen Page. Really? Yeah. I enjoyed that Chris and I said really. <laughs> I said, I didn't expect you not to. <laughs> but anyways, we are getting far off the track here. I have to say, though, Marvel does have licensing agreements to do movies with Fox and... Paramount? Who does the Punisher? No, Paramount was... Sony. Okay, Sony. Sony. Spider-Man. Sony does the Spider. And then they have their own. So, they have... And Warner Brothers has locked down the DC movies. It's Warner Brothers. But Marvel would have all of them under one. Now. Yeah. Yeah, they're trying to, but they still and have Warner Brothers And also Fantastic and Four. And Warner Brothers is trying to give them their own ability to make these movies mm-hmm. now. But we we haven't seen that yet. It's not the condensed, and that's why we're getting so many movies and so many crap. You know, honestly, you list off movies, but Incredible Hulk wasn't that great. I enjoyed it. I, I really liked Incredible it, Hulk. It was good. Ghost Rider wasn't. Ghost Rider great. was not great. I went to the watching it. I rewatched we, it. We didn't like X Men First Class. No, everyone else did though. Yes, and that's you know not in house. Iron Man 2 wasn't as good as Iron Man 1. I, I still right. liked it. I've mm-hmm. still seen it. Right. Thor. We all liked Thor. Mm-hmm. Yes. We all liked Captain America. Mm-hmm. 
And those are the building blocks. The only right. the biggest thing we had a problem with with Iron Man Two mm-hmm. was that it was pushing too hard for the Avengers movies. Mm -hmm. And they figured that out with Thor and Captain America. I'm going to have... All I want to say here is... Dark Knight Rises was better than Batman Begins. I haven't seen a Marvel movie that was better than Iron Man yet. Iron Man has been their best movie so far. From Marvel production. Productions or Marvel Studios or the Marvel in-house team. We've seen DC get better at one movie. It's only been the one movie, but they've kind of grown, and now I'm really excited for Dark Knight Rises. It's yeah, but I, a lot of that is more Christopher, they, yeah. them giving Christopher <laughs> Nolan room. Right. And they gave, you know, they didn't give, uh, what's his name, Good John, John Favreau a rope. More room to do. He Iron had, Man he had, he had some, but he had things to work with. Yeah, he had to get the Avengers all in there, which but, really was heavy handed. But Incredible here's the Hulk thing: supposed to be better. Marvel did it better <laughs> in 2011. Yes, with Thor and Captain America. Yes, they Marvel learned, won. They learned and they did it better. Marvel wins licensing, and I think, and I think next year it's, it's going to win be, again. Yeah. There's, it does not it's, look good. Because, I mean, Dark Knight was so big. Dark Knight Rises, even if it is a great movie, mm-hmm. it's not going to live up to Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. There's so much, there's going to be so much built up to it, especially yeah. with Dark Knight being, mm-hmm. what, it was, it's like, like the biggest grossing movie, comic book movie, uh, but also one of the biggest movies almost ever. I don't know the stats on that. Yeah, I don't. It was like it was in the billions. I don't think so. Oh, it did huge, and it worldwide maybe it was continually doing doing money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was doing money, bringing money in, <laughs> doing it. You got to bring it in to do it. <laughs> and how comic books get things done is by bringing in creators. In order to get the books done, you got to bring them in to do them. Like John would say, you got to bring them in to do it. Bring them in to do it. Uh, so creators, who had who had the better years for creators, and who were the best creators of 2011? This is kind of tough because no, it's not tough at all. No, Jonathan Hickman. Come on, Fantastic <laughs> Four. Boom, done. No, go ahead. Really, when you look at what DC was doing. <laughs> When it came to relaunching the books, they had a lot of no-name people yeah. heading them up. What was my biggest... When you told me about it, it's like, Paul, they're, they're redoing it. And I'm like, they're not bringing anybody... Like, who's the name? Who's... Like, at least with, like, Rebirth, or... of Not Rebirth, but, um... Blood... What is it? Birthright from Superman? They brought in the biggest Marvel, car- you know, creator to do that yeah. storyline... For Superman, and I'm forgetting his name. You're looking at Mark Wade and Lennel You did Birthright. Yeah. Well, who did the who did the one before Superman? War of Krypton? No. What do you? Yeah. Before I, I, that, I'm trying to figure out what you're talking. Right about. after Crisis, the relaunch of Superman was done by a big Marvel. You're chopping glasses. I'm, That's I'm, my job. I'm karate chopping over here because I can't remember it. Then. I don't know. Jerry Garcia. No. 
John Byrne. Huge Marvel writer, and they brought him in post-crisis to revamp Superman. Who were they bringing in post-New 52 or post-Flashpoint? I can't even say that. Flashpoint sucked. It doesn't compare to... You don't say post-crisis and then... Post-Flashpoint. No, you could say, because no, it's post-Flashpoint. It's the, it that's, doesn't... It works. No, because that's comparing so the two as even. And no, you're not, even. Com- you're not comparing they're them not, as even. No. You're comparing them as just storytelling no. events that led to a change-up. Yeah, I'm never going to say post-Flashpoint again. Well, I will. It's New 52. I'll, I'll say it for you. Since the New 52. Which is post-Flashpoint. <laughs> it isn't. Um, who did they bring in to be the head writer? It was all people that they had before. It isn't... New people. They brought in Abnett Lanning. Abnett and Lanning, you know, yeah. from Marvel that was doing their space stuff. You know, uh, what did they do? Like Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, see. And they brought like him Nova. over to come back and rewrite characters that they wrote, which was Resurrection Man. So they, there wasn't like a new start for them either. And they brought back uh, the guy that did Superman, um, Marv Wolfman? Marv Wolfman? But he's been DC yet. No, Perez. Yeah, Perez. Perez. George Perez, Perez was doing Superman. Mm-hmm. It but he's he's been yeah. doing DC for years now. Yeah, no, it isn't new. You know, it wasn't a creator that I was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe that's that's huge news. And, but they had creators that they trusted to take on multiple things. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, everyone was is writing two to three books. Yeah, and um, and a lot of them bringing it big time. And I think it's someone that we are constantly talking about, Scott Snyder. Yeah. yeah, he's had a great year. He has had a good year. He's uh, Even? really become a a name. Like he's not on mm-hmm. a a Batman book now. He's on the, the Batman, Batman book before he was on Detective Comics. Yeah, which supposedly is the Batman. Book. But you know that's not like the Batman book. Mm-hmm. Like it's a good book. It's yeah. like the original Batman book, but it got away from being the Batman book a while ago. Mm-hmm. That was more like the Batman side stories. Like, if you wanted to see what was going on mm-hmm. in Batman, you would read the superhero Batman book. Because mm-hmm. that's the one that kind of played yeah. most into everything. And Hush was the big event, and that happened in Batman. Yeah. And I think that's where the, that's where the baton was passed, I think, was yeah. during that time. Uh, before that, you had the um, Cataclysm and all that jazz. But that ran throughout all the books. Yeah, that was going through but all the... Batman, Hush... Happened to Batman, and I think that's where Batman surplanted Detective. Um, yeah, I, I do b- agree that Scott Snyder had heck of a year. Not as great of a year as Jonathan Hickman, but <laughs> heck of a year. Yeah, but <clears throat> he didn't have to do anything flashy like, I'm going to kill a major player or trap him in another dimension to get his to get his yeah. rocks off. And then like, oh, hey, guess what, guys? Somebody's coming back. It's Johnny Storm. Yeah, but he did do the. <coughs> hey, remember in Batman Year One when there was this kid named James Gordon Jr.? I'm going to bring him back. Because nobody's talked about him ever. Exactly. What a great point. Like, oh, yeah, hey, I'm going to oh. do Batman. But Why not bring a character like that back? Why? I mean, you see it all the time. Yeah, but it wasn't it, like he took away James Gordon Jr. and then... But in spite a year of later, <laughs> a year later, it was like James Gordon is back. It, it was a character that had been just like cast aside, like forgotten for all intents and purposes. But it's true. I mean, on the creator standpoint, like 
I don't think either company had like a big year. Like I didn't see any like anybody swoop in and sign someone to an exclusive. I could say Mark Wade coming back to Marvel after doing his tenure chip at Boom. Mm. You know, being the EIC at Boom editor in chief. I think that and was he came pretty back. Big. He came back strong. He was mm-hmm. the best out of Marvel's number ones. Yeah. I know that Marvel did do their thing with the architects of the Marvel Universe. He had Rick Remender, Brian Michael Bendis, uh, Greg Rucka, Greg Rucka, Matt they, Fraction. They like putting names on hi- stuff. Yeah, though. to h- kind of highlight them. I mean, a couple years ago, it was the Young Guns, which was like their hot young artists mm-hmm. that have been around forever if you were reading anything else. Yeah, other than But they were just put on like the high-profile Marvel books. Mm-hmm. It was like, Little Francis Yu has been around for years now. Yeah. But they put him on New Avengers, and it's like, he's one of the young guns. It's like, no, like, he's been around for years yeah. now. Like, I, I think something that's big is Jeff Lemire. Jeff Lemire really doing more independent stuff. His big step into uh, DC was small, the Superboy. Superboy. Mm-hmm. Now he's in charge of two or three books. He's got two big books at DC. No. Just Animal Man. Frankenstein. Oh, he does Frankenstein? He does Frankenstein, no, too. And I, I thought he had another book on him. No, just... But just he's stuff. given two books that... And it is a big book because mm-hmm. it's their new 52. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's and it, and it's tied into that. Uh, Paul Cornell, too. Yeah. Who I was mean, taken off... Not technically during 2011. I think it was announced in 2011, though, that he would no longer be doing uh, Stormwatch. No. Like, that's the one thing where I'm like, yeah, I, I feel like that DC could have done more during that launch of the New 52, and then after the New 52, how they were started to, like, three months into it, announce that they were going to have creator change-ups is kind of treating the creators kind of shitty and not giving them enough room and not taking the time to get the right people on the book to start with is kind of a knock against them. Yeah, but I, I mean, Paul Cornell, mm-hmm. you love Stormwatch. Yes. I love uh, Demon Knight. I love Demon Knight more than I like Stormwatch. And I mean, I mean, those are two really strong mm-hmm. books. Yes. I mean, uh, the, those guys, even <clears throat> even Peter Milligan. Um, I think that's the wrong book for Peter Milligan, the Red Lanterns. I really do. It doesn't yeah. seem to work for him. He's more of the mythology. You know, you put, you put him in the street, like the dark star, yeah, like the dark side of the mm-hmm. DCU, and it, and it he makes does do Justice League Dark. No. And he does but, well there, but but if you're going to be given, if you're going to give a Red Lantern book, it is supposed to be a darker book. You know, it might not have added up right, but I would think it would be, it'd be tied into that darker book. I'm just saying that they right. gave these guys, they gave these guys the ability to do these books, and they started these books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like some of them are dropping here or there, mm-hmm. but they were given the chance to show themselves, and those are all books that I mean, Red Lantern is number one. We gave it a thumbs up, but Paul, yeah. I don't think you did, but two out of the three gave it a thumbs right. up. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the the Paul Cornell that he's getting taken off of? Not Demon yeah, Stormwatch. 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 Two thumbs up. Stormwatch, I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't give it a thumbs up. Right. Demon Knight, number one. I think mm-hmm. we all gave that a thumbs up. Yeah. Yeah, I, I uh, see your point. I just think that DC's kind of reining them in a little bit too much here, especially with the new... new I, think before so. the I think so, too, three, but... Three months in, and they were like, oh, let's uh, 
get new people on there and you saw the whole blow up of like not having enough women creators on it and they said they approached a lot more and they just didn't give them enough time to get the right pitches in but i mean the other thing is 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 i mean uh, how much of that was actual Mm -hmm. actual fan do you care who writes your comic book as long as it's a good comic yeah, yeah, I, you I know it, that's it somebody matter. that's yeah. somebody else throwing that out. Like Marvel, who would be afraid of that? Of course, they'd have people out there to say, "Oh, hey, they're not doing this. They don't have enough ethnic characters. There's not enough ethnic writers. Like any of that kind of <laughs> stuff." That's somebody. That's another company throwing that stuff out there. Like the fans really being that upset that ooh, well, no, Catwoman that, scantily clad. No, that was a fan thing though. Mm-hmm. Like if you go on to any message board, like when the yeah. new Fifty Two happened, like that was a thing for mm-hmm. not like companies saying it. That was actual readers, yeah, out there nitpicking it. And I don't mean nitpicking like because it was it was pretty ridiculous. It was it was kind of shit. But I mean, mm-hmm. as long as, I mean, as long how many female writers does Marvel have? They they really don't have anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, you mean you have a couple of writers like here and there, like intermittently, but a big name from DC Kelly is Demonic. is I mean Gal Simone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know she's she's a house. I I almost mm-hmm. think she's almost a household. If you're a comic book reader, a household yeah. DC name. Yeah, she and she's like a house writer at DC, mm-hmm. like and. Taken off a book before the year was over. Well, she left. She left. Yeah, left she yeah. left Firestorm. Mm-hmm. Like she mm-hmm. was done with that. Um, but she was. She's going somewhere else. It's not like she's out yeah. of the game. Like she's still writing. And she's. I mean, she had a. She had another big one mm-hmm. of Batgirl. Batgirl. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, you think obviously you're thinking DC had the bigger, better year for the creators. I think so. Too. I think okay. I think they gave people a big chance mm-hmm. on stuff, and they do are they are letting certain mm-hmm. people have their their go at it. <laughs> like if I had to pick one over the other, it'd probably be DC, just because they did bring more new people to the table. Um, Marvel, I feel like you do see a lot of the same names over and over, just kind of shuffling around on books. Mm-hmm. Um, but DC, you did get more people kind of put into those mm-hmm. top tier positions. I mean, someone like Jeff Lemire, yeah. you know, who had just who had done Superboy, mm-hmm. but coming into a character that he loves and was a huge presence during like the eighties and nineties with Animal Man. Um, I mean, the last big Animal Man story. Not like fifty two or side stuff mm-hmm. was written by Grant Morrison. Yeah, which I mean, those are big shoes to fill because mm-hmm. Grant Morrison is kind of has been elevated to comic book god of you know the current standings. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'd say DC if anyone. Uh, I have to go Marvel here just because they got Mark Way back into mainstream. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rick Remender, who was a, pretty much a no name coming into now, yeah, getting onto Uncanny X Force. I know we didn't like issue nineteen point one and shit, but really had a lot of critical acclaim going into there. Um, luckily, nineteen point one came out this year, not last year. Uh, getting Greg Rucka, getting Greg Rucka come back to do you know work on. Stare, um, Punisher. No, Punisher. Or, or yeah. Zone. Which wasn't, um, which wasn't really good. It yeah, wasn't Greg Rucka. Yeah, it wasn't Rucka enough, and we wanted him back on, you know, more street level characters. Jonathan Hickman, before last year, though, he did Pax Romana and Nightly News, and, like, he was an independent guy. 
He's been doing Fantastic Four. This is his yeah, second year doing, doing Fantastic. Fantastic Four. But this is the year where I still, think he I mean, really hit his stride. He's like, still he's still working a lot of his own independent mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, where he had uh, Red Wing coming Red Wing, out. And he's got another one coming out that's mm-hmm. independent. Yeah. Uh, I think Marvel had a pretty strong year with their characters. I think Chris, I mean, Chris said it best in the beginning, like, no one really did anything great with their creators, mm-hmm. but I think, no huge side. I think that, I think DC gave them a little bit more of a go <laughs> and a little more of a chance with their writers and creators. They really, Marvel really did let Matt Fraction shit the bed with, uh, event. what was that ungodly event? Uh, so stupid. I can't I don't even know which one. It, it's the hammers. The hammer thing. Oh, yeah. fear itself. Fear itself. They they let him run with it. They and they gave him three more issues. And yeah. they, he just yeah yeah. But he probably was like, "You guys do it for Bendis." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's let's mark up the tallies. Characters DC DC publishing DC, DC. licensing Marvel. And in the fourth and final deciding quarter, that could go into overtime if it, Marvel gets it. No, no, it's because no, you said DC. DC. I said DC. DC. Yeah. And I, not that it's, I it's not a strong DC. You're right. It is. I it mean, was close, but I do agree with you guys. I, yeah. I can see your point and concede that. I, it, and it, I mean, mm-hmm. if if we, you know, if we're not going to keep this strictly like, you know, a quarter who wins that? I mean, you can give it both to DC and and Marvel. Yes. Yeah. I think with the new 52, I, I'm coming at it, they could have been stronger. And I think you guys are like, no, this was a great time to get new creators on there and on, or shuffle up the books. And I do agree. I, I, they've, they've made a lot of they got smaller, a lot of smaller writers, big names. Mm-hmm. Who's, <laughs> whose books are we talking about? Smaller writers. Like we barely talk about Grant Morrison. Yeah. Yep. And he's doing a bang up job on super, on action comics. Well, he did. Were off of it already? No, those two issues, the past two issues haven't been good. But we haven't been talking about him, and he's, even John's, like, we haven't talked about yeah. John's out of these writers. I mean, if, if anyone we've talked about, I mean, we've talked about Scott Lodell a lot. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. Red Hood and the Outlaws, Teen Titans, yeah. Superboy, really caught me off guard. I mean, he was primarily a Marvel writer. Man, we didn't talk anything about artists at all. No, I we kinda, didn't. I kind of feel shit about that. Well, but I don't think anybody Nothing, had a strong the, ear. The only the only person I'd say is, is Paulo Rivera with Daredevil. I would say, and, and his covers. James I mean, Williams like, the third with Batwoman. Yeah, James yeah. Williams. But uh, you know what? Foreman with Animal but Man. To talk about those two, like, see, I don't think that artwork that knock out knock. Uh, I think knock it out of the park. I think it's creepy and weird, and it's meant to be that way, and it fits the book. But here's the thing: like, I can't just say like, oh, over the past year, Paulo Rivera killed mm-hmm. on Daredevil because he's always done that style yeah. of art. J.H. Williams III. Yeah. How long has he been around? And he's been turning out like that same quality of artwork. Yeah. Just because they're on a more recognizable book now doesn't kind of like elevate them. Like if writer artists on Flash, Francis Manipal, he changed up his art style quite a bit this year. I, I'd more watercolory, doing the same <coughs> thing that uh, J.H. Williams was doing with you know actually making the outlines outlines tell stories. Yeah. Or the you know actual. Yeah, I, I think Manipal probably, I think, yeah. if anyone. And I feel like that was him more stepping into writer and artist, yeah. not just, I'm an artist, I have to draw what I'm being mm-hmm. told, but has the ability to kind of branch out. He's a complete storyteller now. Yeah. He, out of all the artists, did he have the best year? 
I personally I can't say that he did because I didn't like the style. I just I don't like his style and I don't like how washed out it mm-hmm. looks. But we I mean we say that mm-hmm. over and over again, but I think he does have the good artist like artistic chops. Like he mm-hmm. can do awesome stuff. Yeah. Um I'm trying to think of someone over at Marvel that's really just kinda like chumped out. And I can't think yeah. of anybody. Because I think the Marvels, like in-house, especially the coloring was so muddy all this year that it's been hard, other than Paula Rivera on Daredevil. But, you know, that is that is what you expect from his book, and it's been great, and I'm glad that he's there. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, who's the artist that they've switched a couple times? Marcos Martin. Yeah. And he's been strong, too. He's strong, yeah. I mean, but, again, he's he's yeah. been around. Like, the first thing I ever read by him was... Batgirl Year One from DC, and that came out in like 2005. Mm-hmm. I mean, so that this is nothing that I haven't seen, you know. Yeah. Like if there was someone that just like no name character or, or no name creator like came out, mm-hmm. wrote or drew something, I was like, holy crap! Like they became one of those artists that I yeah. had to watch. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd give it to them, but nothing this year, unfortunately. Yeah. No. True. And I just want to say, Dark Knight. Top ten. It is number ten of highest groping, grossing films huh. of all time. I'm glad it wasn't the highest groping film. Highest Gro- <laughs> groping. Unlike our podcast, We've, we very, grope so you don't have to. We're very high on the groping meter. <laughs> if you agree with our results from the Super Bowl, or if you disagree with our results from the Super Bowl, hit us up on our Facebook page, Bagged and Board, or send us an email, contact at baggedandboardcast.com. And as always, rate and review us over on the iTunes. We like iTunes. We, we like iTunes. We hope you like us on the iTunes. If you want us to stay there, you got to rate us and review us. Otherwise, we <laughs> That's a threat, too. <laughs> no, we just kind of disappear into the ether, and nobody can find us. Yeah, keep your, us up there. Your ratings and reviews help people find us. We were, like, news and, like, noteworthy before. Yeah, back when we first started. Now we're just languishing. Now we're just another podcast on it. Been on there for getting up to three years now. Dum, dum, dum. If I had to pick an artist that kind of wowed me out of nowhere, um, it's the guy that did Darkwing Duck. His like name's Tim Silvani. Um, because like I he love aped that star really well. He did, and he puts a lot of stuff in the background panels. But he's not a DC or Marvel. Mm-hmm. There it is. It's true. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Super Bowl.